0: This is Amanda from Good Griff Cookie Co. and this is Behind the Icing. I want to welcome you back to episode two. We've got a great podcast for you guys today with a great guest speaker, Ashley from Crumbs. Yes, that Ashley, the creator of the coveted number cutters. But honestly, if you follow Ashley, you'll see that's just a small part of what she makes and she's incredibly talented as a cookier and very knowledgeable about this cookie biz. I approach Ashley to be my first guest because not only is she incredibly talented, but she's also a very close friend of mine, and she happily agreed. <laughs> so without any further ado, here's Ashley. Hey guys, this is Amanda, and this is Ashley. Hello. Hello. Welcome, (laughs) Ashley, to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad you got dressed up for the occasion. I like the ball gown. Very nice. I'm Very actually formal. wearing my big fuzzy robe. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So I want to thank you, first of all, Ashley, for deciding to come on the uh, podcast. Well, I-, I guess you didn't really decide. Well, you did decide. <laughs> well, um, it's my pleasure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not that I'm forcing you. I'll send your check later. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I... I was trying to come up, and I do want to apologize, first of all, for the noise in the background. Um, my son is here, and he is very much um, wanting to play right next to mom. So if you guys hear somebody in the background, that's who that is. <laughs> um, I had talked to Ashley, and I asked if she was interested in uh, discussing pop-ups in pre-sales. If you guys have ever followed Ashley, or if you follow Ashley, if you've ever seen her do pop-ups and post her pop-ups and pre-sales and things like that she is so organized and I am so jealous Ashley <laughs> we want to know your secrets <laughs> <laughs> so here we are today uh do you have anything you want to just kind of lead out with um
1: what I would say is if even if you've done pre-sales or you've done pop-ups and you think that you know everything you're probably still going to learn some tips in here of some things that maybe you've never thought of or even like the tips of how to get more interest if maybe you've done them and you haven't been as successful as you want. Some of this could still be useful for you. So I don't want you to think that this is specifically for people who've never done them at all.
0: Awesome. I know a lot of people are really excited to learn um, both new and old. Again, not old (laughs) age-wise. I had somebody that messaged me. They're like, I believe that old dogs can learn new tricks. So you guys said it, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, So what's one of the first things you wanted to discuss? I know you asked your followers um, what questions they had, and I had asked people. So we kind of have um, found out that a lot of the people have the same questions. Yeah, What's, what's so, one of the first things you want to talk about?
1: I think before anything, so we had already talked about, um, there's, there's a lot of information if you've never done a pre-sale or a pop-up that goes into a lot of those. So we did talk about splitting this up into two different podcasts. So mm-hmm. this one will focus more on figuring out whether or not a pre-sale or a pop-up is right for you and really go into the detail of the pre-sales. And then we'll follow up with a pop-up one next time, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So so the first thing that you have to decide before you do either is whether or not you can even commit the time to it. So it obviously takes a lot of time just to decorate the cookies, but there's so much more that goes into it because you have to shop for all of the ingredients and bake all of it and package all of it. You have to have a day to have the pickups, a day or two or a day to have the pop-up, maybe a location. You have to know whether or not maybe you can leave your kids with somebody or have your husband watch the kids or whatever. I tend to plan Mm -hmm. things around my husband's schedule, but you have to be able to commit a decent chunk of time, at least a week to to doing either a pop-up or a pre-sale. So Mm -hmm. before anything, you got to figure out exactly kind of when you're thinking and whether or not you can even fit that in your schedule. And sometimes you can't, sometimes you you think maybe you can, and then you change your mind when it gets closer, and that's perfectly fine because there's always more holidays.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially close to these holidays. You you get family events that just pop up out of
1: nowhere, and you're like, I have something <laughs> planned. <laughs> right, and time flies. So if you can't commit, that's perfectly fine. Just pick a holiday where you think you have a little bit more free time and, and then focus on that one and maybe just start planning ahead for the next holiday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so okay. The first thing I wanted to go into, like I was saying, is deciding whether or not a pre-sale or a pop-up might be better for you. Um, If you've never done a pop-up, I definitely suggest you start with pre-sales. Do a couple of them and try and figure out like what your customer base is locally and what they're willing to pay. Because these are mostly, you know, a little bit more detailed options or um, like packaged giftable options. So they tend to be a little bit pricier than doing the, like a variety set or something for a birthday or a baby shower or something. So, You know, maybe there's not as much interest in your area as you think. Maybe you're in a small town and you're just not really sure. So doing a pre-sale is a good idea to kind of figure out what your customer base is
0: like. and Yeah, you're
1: not not left with,
0: sorry, totally jumping all over while you're talking. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, Fair warning, everybody, I do that. (laughs) Uh, No, what I was going to say is that you're not left with a bunch of leftovers too when you you do your pre-sale.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you're concerned that you think that you might not be very successful at a, at a pop-up yet, go ahead and start with a pre-sale. You don't have to worry about having a ton of leftover because people are going to buy exactly what they want, and you can make exactly that amount. So that's always a good plan. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't want customers in your house for a pop-up or if you don't have a location or maybe for your cottage food laws, you can't do a pop-up outside of your home – maybe you're in an apartment. I had a couple of people say they live in an apartment and they want to know how to do the pre-sales or the pop-ups that way. Um, you're not gonna be able to do a pop-up at your house. So maybe a pre-sale with a different pickup location for that would be a better option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you've already done pre-sales and you're ready to like possibly consider pop-ups, the very first thing you need to do is look up your local cottage food laws. So you're gonna look up your state laws. Um, you can find it on your government city website, things like things like that, and your um, your county page. You will have different cottage food laws, and that is going to decide whether or not you're even legally able to. Because I know some places you can't even sell baked goods out of your house, and sometimes you can sell them out of your house, but you can't sell them at another location. Mm-hmm. So check that first yeah (laughs) and I can't tell you that people ask me that that was one of the main questions I got is how do you know if you're legally able to do I need my cottage food permit do I need my business license you just have to look that up because every place is different right yeah and then if you think you have a big enough customer base and you think you kind of know you know if you've done the pre-sales go ahead and do a pop-up I would start small If you haven't done one before and if you sell out, then that's good. You know, you don't have a ton of extras. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you have a hard time narrowing down your designs, like you were saying, a lot of people want to do a million things and it's not best to do too many designs because then that's more work for you, more icing colors to mix and um, all that. But if you say you sell other items, maybe you like make earrings in your spare time or candles or something like that, and you want to maybe sell that. At the same time where you make other treats, Rice Krispie treats or other cookies or- Spicy gummy
0: bears. Spicy gummy bears, <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, then you a pop-up might be good because you can offer a pretty big variety of stuff or you could pair up with somebody else who has a little in-home business that maybe wants to share some of the exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then if you don't know how much time you can commit, this is the main thing for me. This is the reason that I do pop-ups a lot is because- Sometimes I don't know what our schedule is going to be. Maybe we've talked about going camping and we haven't decided, or we've talked about going out of town and we haven't decided. I don't have to plan months in advance, do a pre-sale, post it, make sure that I have the time to commit to it. I can just get to be about two weeks before and be like, you know what? Next week looks pretty open. I think I'm just going to bake cookies. You can do as much as you want. You can do as little as you want. And it leaves room for air. So you're not committed to having to fill orders. You just do however much you want. (laughs) Right. Whenever I think...
0: Yeah, whenever I think of pre-sales, I think of, of them as just mini custom orders because you are committed to making those. Whereas a pop-up, you can really just make what you're comfortable with making in that time frame. Whereas a pre-sale, if you've sold pre-sold 100 sets, you are committed to do those. Exactly. Well, and it leaves you a lot of
1: flexibility with design because sometimes I don't think of a cute idea until it's like the day before I'm baking. And I would hate to be stuck with having to do the designs that I thought of two months ago, or maybe new cutters came out and I want to use those cute new cutters, or I found cool new packaging, you can still do whatever you want, which mm-hmm. I like. I just like flexibility. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So and a lot of people were how to limit options and what sells best and what to for sure have what to avoid all of that when it comes to the actual designs for a pre-sale. And I've only done a small handful of pre-sales, but they've all been successful because I don't overdo it. And I think that's a big thing is you can really wear yourself out if you want to offer every single thing. Yes. So <laughs> for the pop-ups, do a million designs. That's fine. But for the pre-sales, you're going to want to limit it a little bit. And of course, if it's a smaller holiday like teacher appreciation, you're going to want maybe just a couple options, maybe a cute little mini bucket and maybe a personalized Uh, teacher name plaque or an apple or something like that Um, but of course winter holidays you're going to want more variety because it's more of a gift giving holiday people aren't just giving it to their kids one or two teachers you know you're going to have a bigger variety of people to shop for kids older people younger people all of that so
0: yeah that's a good point
1: yeah so I think the general rule for me is to stick to maybe three to six options and try to have a variety in that so you want to, like I was saying, have something for everybody. So you want to have something cutesy, something that's a little bit more traditional. You want to have maybe a mini set, but not too many options. It's really hard to narrow it down. You have to really get down to the nitty gritty and decide exactly what works for you. But the main, t- main thing is try to have your colors consistent as much as you can. And you will thank yourself when you go to do them. <laughs> and you're doing 800 cookies and you only have maybe four colors, but you can throw in other colors with little things you add on sprinkles and yeah. and airbrushing and stuff like that. But for your icing colors, try to keep those fairly consistent and it's gonna make it so you can do a lot more, a lot faster. You're not mixing a ton of bags of icing. <laughs> <laughs> and then as far as flavors, a lot of people were wondering, what flavors sell best, or whether or not you should even do multiple flavors. And for me, I I usually do my signature flavor and a chocolate. And maybe around the holidays, I do a different flavor. But Amanda has mentioned that she always does vanilla icing, which is perfect, because then you can share your icing flavors among all of your sets. You don't have to remix a vanilla red icing and a lemon red icing, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Right.
0: Yeah. Variety for me is a spice of life. So (laughs) I love (laughs) trying different flavored cookies. Um, Typically people order cookies, they just stick with vanilla, but I actually have a lot of different flavors that I offer. And I love to showcase that with Um, if I'm doing like a pop-up or something like that, or, um, or a pre-sale, because that's when you can really kind of give people that chance to try something different without committing to their whole order being a different flavor. And I just stick with the vanilla icing because yeah, whatever flavor cooking I'm making, I don't have to make different icing for the different, different flavors. Exactly.
1: And I, I find that for pre-sales and pop-ups, same thing. People tend to want to purchase things that are, I would say under like $15. I mm-hmm. Platters for me haven't really sold very well. Or like where I do a dozen option. And I, I did for a while for Christmas. I, option, or I had an offer for a dozen option for people who wanted to take them to work or events and stuff. And I never really sold that many of them. So I think that the duos and trios are always a good idea. But like I was saying, try to have a couple different styles in there. And for the holidays in the winter make sure that you're not sticking to only Christmas. If you have, wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, depending on where you live,
0: you might throw in some maybe... Halloween ones in there. Just mix it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying like, you don't want to do all Christmas. You want to have some that are winter specific. Some maybe that yeah. are like, uh, Hanukkah. I maybe mean, it depends on where you live and you know maybe where you're at and what is celebrated more often. But I always try to throw in some that are specifically like happy holidays and winter and some that
0: are Christmas. That's such a good point. I would have never thought about that. Like I, I would have just thought, you know, Christmas and and you do, you think, you know, people celebrate different holidays. They celebrate different things. Some people don't do Santa. Some people don't do, you know, Christmas. They just do like holiday winter or whatever. Um, And you can, you can reach a bigger customer base when you do that. I would have never thought of that. It's a good idea. Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's not like you need a ton of ideas. You just need kind of cover all the bases, do a co- maybe one or two single things that are personalized. If you're going to do anything personalized, you have to do a pre-sale. So one or two personalized options, maybe a boy and a girl option, if that's something that needs to be done, um, like a gingerbread man or something like that, or maybe for the teacher appreciation, people do like, pink and green or you know things like that um maybe two gender options but the same design so all you have to do is change out like one little flood color or something add a bow onto something um and then duos trios mini sets and the one thing that is becoming more popular now that I think is good if you are dead set you want to do some platters or you get asked a lot about doing bigger sets those holiday puzzle type of platters where it all pieces together to make Maybe a turkey or, you know, uh, there's a Nutcracker one that's really popular now. They had the skeleton for Halloween.
0: I Um, love the skeleton one. (laughs) I
1: imagine those would sell really well. They are so, I loved those. So that's always a good idea. But you just want to kind of narrow it down to the essential stuff and a variety. And then once you figure out exactly what designs you want to do, order those cutters. Like immediately, as fast as you can order them, as soon as new designs come out order the cutters because you need them at least a month before the holiday because you have to figure you have maybe a day or two to do your uh, pre-sale. What are they called? Um, Your samples. That's (laughs) where you have to do your samples for the pictures and take the pictures, edit them and get that up and get it listed in time for people to order before you have to start baking them. So, you know, when you look, when you count back, from the day of pickup to the week before where you're decorating and then a week before that for ordering and a few days before that you have to do your samples and um, you want to get those cutters as soon as you can make sure that your packaging fits and that you order any packaging that you need or go shop around at the dollar stores and in Target and all of that. Make sure that you've got everything that you need as much as you can ahead of time so that you can get your samples made and get those pictures taken in the packaging that they're going to come in.
0: If yeah, it really cool. does start. It really does start a lot sooner than people think. You can't, uh, not that you can't, but you, if you're going to plan out a really well thought out um, pre-sale, um, you you have to start pretty soon, or you know, several weeks before the holiday itself, because you do you need to order your cutters. I know I ordered some yesterday from a shop, and I believe their current processing time is ten to twelve business days before shipping. So you really do have to um, to look ahead of time. And, and plan that out
1: yeah and you don't have to buy new cutters for all of them I think depending on the holiday you don't want to offer the same thing every year so maybe buy like just a couple that you can switch out that are extra cute and different for each year but you can mix in a lot of Normal shapes. You don't have yeah. to feel like you have to order new cutters for every holiday. I know everybody does
0: it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but
1: you don't have to. You can stick. I know. The more traditional stuff.
0: <laughs> I know. I always tell myself, I'm like, I'm not gonna order a bunch of cutters, and then wouldn't you know it? There's a bunch <laughs> of really cute cutters that get posted, and you're like, fifty dollars later. <laughs> yep. But uh, I just posted something today on um, my personal Instagram about using just basic cutters that you have already and making something into it I used hearts and circles to make a turkey platter and you really don't have to spend a ton of money um to get started like you of course everybody wants to get cutesy little design ones but you you can um make really cute stuff with with what you have on hand exactly so as far as
1: packaging once you have all of your designs figured out and you maybe you already have packaging in mind and maybe that's where you started and you thought backwards, but you need to make sure that you have extra cute packaging for pre-sales, even more than pop-ups. I think pop-ups, a lot of times people come and they like maybe buy a couple things for gifts, a couple things as like little snacking cookies, but for pre-sales, they are, from my experience, always going to be gifted. Mm -hmm. So you want it to look like it's a gift and look like it's extra special. You're going to take the extra time to put the bows on and not just cellophane or seal the cellophane bags and call it good you want it to have that extra little something that makes it feel special and like it's worth spending their money on Mm -hmm. um so you know you're gonna go out you're gonna look for your little buckets and your little those little um mailboxes are super popular little tubs the the brown boxes whatever it is you can try and get as many as you can ahead of time. The issue that I've had with pre-sales is sometimes you're limited when you shop in stores where maybe you only find 20 of something with one pattern that you like, yeah. and then you do your pre-sale. You have to be able to limit that, which is tricky. So sometimes for pre-sales, you just kind of have to go simple and add the extra bows. Maybe just do the the clear boxes or the paper boxes or um, things like that, and then save the extra cute,
0: you know, packaging that you can buy in stores. For now, the, if you're doing the pop-ups, if you're doing a pre-sale and you do find a patterned patterned box or something that you really really like and want to use, could you limit it and say, "Okay, I'm doing a pre-sale on these, but I only have 20." You, would that be something that would work?
1: What I would do is not save it. So I go into this a little bit later, but about how to, um, word everything in a way that people know it's either go like the pre-sale is going to go until this date or until I sell out. So if it gets to the point where it's getting close, you can either take that option off of your, your website, your listing, whatever, tell people that you're sold out of those, or you can, um, Get to the like, keep track as people are ordering. And then once it gets to that point, just message people and be like, Hey, I'm sold out of this one. Is would you be interested in switching it out for this or putting it in different packaging? And, um, okay. yeah, so th- that's the main reason I try to avoid it though, is because then it's hard to keep track of it. It's just that one extra thing you have to be concerned about. So, yeah, yeah but you know, bows, tags, ribbons, tool, all of that stuff, you can make even a basic box look extra special. So you don't have to feel like you have to have the the stuff from the stores, but you know it's it's hard because you see all of that and you want it.
0: (laughs) Right, I know. uh, Enough of anything is tricky in stores. Right, right. I know Angela Nino, the the painted box. She Mm -hmm. did. um, I think it was last Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. Had taken a bunch of her old scraps of ribbon and bunched them together and made really cute bows out of those scraps mm-hmm. that you have left over and you can really find a lot of just just you know make your own stuff to, to make it look really cute but yeah a little complicated to say that but <laughs> yeah. well and even
1: and I've done this before you can buy like pre-made bows and even um like actual gift bows they have a lot of Christmas ones that are like velvet or sparkly you can just hot glue those on to your package you don't have to mm-hmm. you know tie them all on and all of that stuff but just something that makes it look like it's actually a gift and then you can buy the printable gift tags a lot of people sell those now um, and that's always yes. an extra touch that's nice or even just a little to and from tag you know it doesn't have to be specific to the holiday but just something they can write who it's to and who it's from on it and then you're absolutely al- you're also going to need a ton of cellophane bags so I buy mine from papermart.com they had every size you could ever need and you're going to need a lot odds are, and if not, you're going to need them later. So um, go ahead and stock up on those. Cause I have had it happen where I've done hop ups and then I get to be like almost done packaging everything. And I realize I'm completely out of four by six bags. And then you panic <laughs> you call up your right. friends. <laughs> um, yeah. So make sure that you have those ahead of time. You can never have too much anyways. Um, as far as labeling, I got a lot of questions about this. Cause I have posted about my cottage food labels. If you're selling in your house at least where we live, you don't have to label your products. But like I said, you're going to want to look up your specific cottage food laws to know whether or not you need to, because sometimes you have to everywhere, all the time, no matter what. Um, So make sure that you know whether or not you need that. And if you do, and maybe you're sticking to one recipe, like what I do, I have a stamp. Um, You can print stickers. I've done some where for Easter, actually, I got clear Avery address labels. So you can just print them from your Computer and it it, they're clear, so it looks extra professional and it has all of the information that you need on it. But you don't have to order anything ahead of time, or if you tweak your recipe at the last minute, you can print it out that way. Um, Or you can have something you print out and you cut it out and you tape it on, or glue it on, or tie it on, or slip it in the box or in the package. But if that's a requirement, make sure that you're doing it. The last thing you want is to have your business shut down or get into legal trouble because you didn't do that one thing that is required by law. Mm -hmm. And then even if you don't have to, it's probably a good idea to at least in some way, let your customers know any allergy concerns. If you have something. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. I was going to say allergies. Yes. Like macarons, um, they're made with almonds. So I always try to make sure I say as many times as possible, these contain nuts because some people don't know, they don't know at all what they're made out of. They just know that it's a cookie. So, if you have any any concerns, I it's always a good idea to overstate that. If nothing else, have a little allergy label. You could buy stickers and have those on there. Um just just an extra level of protection to help help your business a little bit just in case.
0: <laughs> yeah. And people can be allergic to so many different things. Um my husband one day came home and he had asked for cookies for the guys at work, and he asked me if there was cinnamon in one of my cookies, and I was like, "No, if you know me, <laughs> there's <Yep>. no cinnamon." <laughs> Except I do make the pumpkin spice ones for people when they requested. Never, never of my own choosing. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I told him I said it's kind of random. Why would you know? Why does he want to know about cinnamon? He's like, "Well, he's allergic," and I, I guess I, it was one of those things. Which now I've had lots of people come to me and be like, "Yeah, I'm allergic to cinnamon." Yeah. But it's one of those things I didn't really think about. It's not like a common allergy that you hear a whole lot about
1: exactly if nothing else just make sure you have maybe a business card in like little buckets or a sticker even like I have a stamp with my Instagram handle so if nothing else and somebody receives a box of cookies of mine that they've purchased from someone else maybe they have no idea who I am and they have an allergy concern they can look at my Instagram handle and send me a message and say hey I got these cookies I just want to make sure that they're good for me to share with my daughter who's allergic to blah 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 do these contain this one specific ingredient? And sometimes it's a very weird ingredient. There was one that I've never even heard of. It was like a, I'm assuming um, something that helps preserve it or, you know, something mm-hmm. very random, one of those little sciency ingredients. Yeah. Um, and I had to go through every single thing that I used on all of my stuff. They were like, can we, do you have anything at your pop-up shop that doesn't contain this? And it was in everything <laughs> that I was wow. selling. So, you know, if someone has a real concern, odds are they're going to ask you, but. It's not a bad idea to just be extra careful and put that it's right in a home-based kitchen and m- contains these allergens may contain these ones. Contact me if you have concerns, something like that, not required, yeah. like I said, but it's a good idea. So once you have all that, you've got your designs, you've got your, then you have to figure out exactly when you're going to do everything. So you're going to pick a day or two for pop-ups or for pickups. Um, My opinion, that's usually a good idea. No matter what, no matter what you choose, when you choose, how many pickup options, people are going to be like, oh, I can't make it that day. Can I come a day early? Can I come Mm -hmm. after I have this that day? (laughs) But if you have two options, (laughs) it's going to make it a lot easier for you. There's going to be a lot less confusion and a lot less of making exceptions for people. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what I would do is maybe do your pickup two or three days before a holiday. I never do pickups, or pop-ups the day before a holiday because that's the day that people are out running their last-minute errands and getting stuff for their Easter dinner the next day and getting kids Halloween costumes or whatever it is. It's the day before a holiday is usually kind of chaotic for families. So try to avoid that. Do it a couple days ahead, not so far ahead that the cookies are going to be stale by the time that they're given (laughs) to anybody. Um, But, you know, two days are good. I avoid, for pickups, avoid Friday's and saturdays and then i also would never do before like 4 p.m on a sunday and that's because weekends are when everybody has all their concerts their um their birthday parties their weddings and bridal showers and church on sunday mornings stuff like that so if you wait until after 4 p.m on sunday and then weekday evenings you're probably going to be fine mm-hmm. yeah and then you're going to want to open up sales about three to four weeks before that pickup date because you want to have time for people to order and you're going to leave them a week or two to order, but then you need to stop orders about two weeks before that pickup date. And the reason for that is because first of all, you're probably going to have some stragglers that didn't pay that message you after your end date, but it also Mm -hmm. gives you time to add (laughs) everything up, do all your calculations, figure out exactly how many you need of every single thing of every flavor and figure out how many batches of dough that is and how much you need for ingredients, do the shopping, um, figure out the packaging, make sure you have enough time to order anything that you were short on. Um, it gives you a little bit of a cushion, but I just wouldn't start a month, more than a month before mm-hmm. the holiday. Some people start really early and people aren't even in that mindset yet. Um, right. So it's gotta be close enough to the holiday that people are thinking about it, but not so close that people it's ending right before you have to start baking. You gotta have mm-hmm. a little cushion in there. And then pricing.
0: This one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think that's like the the like, yeah, it's like a dirty word whenever you're talking uh, cookies. And you know, it's it's the number one thing that I think people ask about with with anything when it comes to cookies and baking and, you know, and not just cookies, but you know, cakes, cupcakes, whatever. The number one question people have are, you know, what should I charge? Am I charging too much too little? What would you pay for this? And I think it's I, I mean, I, I'm ready for you to, to um, mm-hmm. give your, your two cents on this. Cause I think you do a great job.
1: Um. Well, okay. So this is a good conversation for us to have because we both have different views on it. Um. In my opinion, you don't charge nearly enough for your work <laughs> ever. <laughs> and I make that very clear to you. I always remind you, you need to charge yeah, more. You, you do. need to charge more. <laughs> um, it it all depends a lot on two main things in my opinion where you're located and like what Mm -hmm. your customer is willing to pay and in bigger cities you can charge a lot more in smaller towns people usually aren't willing to pay quite as much um and the other thing of course is your skill level so try to find someone that's maybe in like a town your size or if you have people in your area try to find someone that's kind of along your your skill level and your style and Kind of mimic what they do, um, mm-hmm. and that sounds like it's cheating, but it's. I mean, it's not like you're. I don't know, it. It's not like you're trying to take anything away from the competition in any way. You know, competition,
0: right? <laughs> and course. <quotes. laughs> um,
1: but it it gives you a good guideline. I know everybody when they starts out, when they everybody when they start out undercharges for their cookies. It's just just a fact. And it's just what you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, you can slowly, of course, raise your prices, and you'll you'll start to notice if it gets too high, you'll get less orders. But um, this is not a literal example, but this is something that I heard once. If you double your price and you lose half your customers, you do half the work, but you make the same amount of money. Now I'm not saying mm-hmm. you double your, your prices, but, but you, anybody that you lose in that, in that jump to the next level, you're still going to be making that money back with the mm-hmm. customers that are paying a little more. And I actually charge a, a bit less than a lot of people in our area. Um, that's just what I'm comfortable with. I know how quickly I decorate. I'm a, I'm a very fast decorator. So I know for me how much time I'm committing to it. Um, and I charge a little lower than a lot of people in our area. But typically for, say, a single cookie, if it's for a pop-up or a presale, I try to do a larger cookie, like four inches, four and a half inches. I almost never charge more than five dollars per cookie i know a Mm -hmm. lot of people charge up to like seven or eight dollars for a cookie um i i typically do five dollars but that's for a pop-up i guess for for a pre-sale like i said you're gonna have that extra fancy packaging everything's gonna be in a little gift box or have a bow on it you have to add that on so whatever you're gonna charge for the cooking cookie add a little bit more because it's already decorated in a way that's giftable
0: yeah and that packaging is not free so exactly because you make figure sure you're getting you have, that money back
1: if you have a cookie in a box with a bag you're paying for obviously the ingredients for the cookie the time it took to make it maybe the shred the cellophane bag the box that it goes in the bow that goes on it the tag that goes on it uh there's a lot more that goes into it and the time that it takes to actually package it because it takes right. a long time people don't think it yep. takes that long to package cookies but That takes so long.
0: Even just bagging them, it takes, you know, just that extra step takes time.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you just have to kind of play around and figure out what works for you. And um, if it gets to the point where you don't think you're getting enough orders, you can always do a sale. You can do a 20% off for one day and to try and get some orders. And then maybe next time, just lower your prices a little. There's really, Mm -hmm. there's really no right answer. There's just not.
0: You um, just have to fill your, your customer base and, and see what, what works. Exactly.
1: But always include yeah. the price. And then be more packaging. confident. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be confident in pricing because they're like, wait, how much is this one?
0: Uh, $7? <laughs> especially, especially when you have your mom go, I think that person overpaid you those cookies cost that much. Right. <laughs> <That's> mom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If only people knew. <laughs>
1: um, so once you have your figured your price and figured out all that stuff, you got to figure out how to get your payments. So, how I go, how I do the order forms or how I did before, and I found is the easiest way and the most round, well-rounded way. Most people don't have a website, like a formal website, and if they do, there's not a way to take orders on that. So this will work for absolutely everybody. Get yourself a PayPal account if you don't already have one and go on there and create some invoice templates. And when you do this, you can have one specifically for different holidays. You can put your logo in it and... Um, Put a little terms and conditions, all of that stuff in there. And then what I do is I would have customers go on to a Google form that you make, make one for each holiday, every pop or every pre-sale that you do, you're going to make a Google form. You can put that link in your Instagram bio or on your website. If you have one, they're going to go to the Google form. They're going to fill it all out with all the information. And I'll go through all of that a little later of like everything you should put on that. And then what's going to happen is that form, once they hit send or whatever, it will send the form to you in your email. So you can go through and look and exactly, see exactly what they have, write that all down in your little chart, and then go to PayPal and send them an invoice. As soon as you can, because some people will forget a day or two later, as soon as mm-hmm. you can, go in and send them an invoice through PayPal. I love PayPal because it protects you. It protects them. It's very clear and professional. You can break down every single item, every variation, every price. Um, If there's like a pickup fee or extra fees, um, you can include, like I said, terms and conditions on there, an, an extra note for a thank you, all of that. You can go and have all of that together. And a lot of people I know take orders just straight through email or through DMs or Facebook messages, but then you don't have all the information together. Whereas if you... Say you're packaging up orders and you're like, shoot, something about this order doesn't seem right. I can't remember if this was a boy or a girl order, or whatever. You can go back to that, and you can you have it all together, and it'll show you every single thing that they ordered, all in one spot, and it makes it easier for the customer because the PayPal invoice goes straight to their email, and they pay it. Everybody has PayPal, or you just pay with a card through the PayPal website. Um, it's it's the easiest way. It seems very professional. If you already have a website, then you already know how to do all of that, I'm sure, on your own. Um, but for this is more for the people who don't have an extra way to take orders. Mm-hmm. So Google Forms, PayPal invoices, good to go.
0: And I think, if I'm not mistaken, is it Lydia that has on her... One of the cookies, and I'll, I'll try to look this up after we finish this, and I'll... Um, I'll make sure I add it in our in our notes that um I believe it's Lydia Carter has a link or something on her website that shows you like a run through of how she does her Google Docs. That's how I was able to learn how to do it when I did one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but then yeah, so once a customer has placed an order and stuff, you you have to keep all that organized. But when it comes to the the actual invoice that you're gonna or the I'm sorry, the invo- invoice form on PayPal. Like I said, there's a spot for terms and conditions. and There's a couple of things that you always want to put on there. So you're going to want to put exactly when the payment is due. So people know what the deadline is. And there are going to be, mm-hmm. be people every time that don't pay in time. Um, every time. Every time. <laughs> or there's people who thought they wanted it. And then they're going to just flake on you. And don't be offended. <laughs> it happens to everybody. Um, on there, mm-hmm. you're also going to put when and where the pickup is. I know a lot of people don't want to put their address on their social media. So this is another reason that I love PayPal is because you can put that in the invoice and then they know exactly oh, where they're idea. going and exactly when their pickup time is. You can also put on there to, when their pickup time is. Um, and then if they read back and they're like, oh, I didn't pick that one. I picked a different pickup time. Um, then you can confirm that with them. But it kind of gives them a spot to double check all of the information as well. And then, like I said, the the food allergy information, if nothing else, just put that, it's, that the cookies are made in a home-based kitchen, um, contains these allergies, might contain these allergens, um, and to contact you if they have any concerns, because then they can at least ask before they order, which is always nice too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and this is yeah. important. Always put on there no cancellations or refunds. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do cancellations or refunds, but always put it on there because people are less right. likely to ask. Um, so once a customer has paid, their order is finalized. They can't cancel it in theory. And it it happens with everybody where somebody will have paid and then they, they come back and they say like, oh, we decided to do this one thing instead or, you know, for whatever reason, I'm I, I would like to cancel. I know it says no cancellations, but could I cancel anyways? Go ahead and do it. I mean, it's good customer service to do it but to have it on there means it's significantly less likely that people are just going to do it. Right. Um, And then you can do Venmo cash app, all of that stuff that all the new trendy ways to pay that everybody does, but it's just not as organized. You're going to have payments all over the place. As long as your customer is paying ahead of time and you're comfortable with being able to keep track with all of it, technically anything is fine. But I think that the Google forms and PayPal invoices are easily the most professional and streamlined and organized way to do all of it you can go through and you can print out all of your invoices at the end if you want um it keeps it all together it's good for your financial bookkeeping as well um but that that was one thing I got asked a lot how do people pay
0: so yeah yeah. And then now I know that's one of the mistakes I made when I did a pre-sell for Valentine's day. I, I gave the option for some people to pay, you know, cash and, you know, of course the number one, you know, customer who dropped their order would be the ones who were supposed to pay cash. Cause I did give a deadline. If you don't bring the cash at this point, then your orders canceled. And I had just a couple that were canceled because of that. So it is, it is hard when you, when you, um, Try to do you know different modes of payment, but yeah, I absolutely agree with it's you. Hard PayPal you just be, so easy.
1: You want to be accommodating, and you want to be like, look, I'm mm-hmm. so flexible. I can do whatever works best for you. But I mean, you're still a business. You don't get right. to like Amazon and then be like, well, mail us the cash and then we'll send you the product. <laughs> you can also then know us and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, you right. Just say this is how I do it, and it's PayPal. People trust PayPal. There's no reason not to. It protects them. It protects you. And like I said, all the information is there if you fill out your invoice properly um and you can get on and just play around with that it's i mean it's free to do that so you can just get on and look around and see exactly what i mean if you've never made an invoice on there um it's really really easy i promise and you can save those so then when somebody else orders christmas cookies you can open up that template that has all of the options on it already saved all of your information and then just go in and put they put they needed two of these they need this one with these names oh this is another thing so for the order forms um if they if you have a gender option, so for instance, I did personalized bunny cookies for Easter, but I had options of pink, blue, or yellow, or with purple, something, ears for the bunny. And it was just a little inside part. Um, and then people could put the, ba- or the, the kids' names on it. Um, you want to make sure you have a spot on your order form or wherever. Make sure that you know very clearly which gender goes with which person. Because people can order <laughs> yeah. four boy bunnies and three girl bunnies, and then the names are super gender neutral or very right. very modern names where you, you have no idea who Lake is, you know? Right. <laughs> um. So that's another thing that makes sure that you're, you know that information and that when you do your invoice that you go through and you say like, okay, they ordered four boy ones of these. These are the names that go with it. There's three girl ones of these, and these are the names that go with it. Um, And then just put on there, like, double check with me or, you know, contact me if anything is wrong. And people typically do.
0: And if not, then you have
1: the the confirmation that if they look back and say, oh, well, I I put it on here and I I never heard anything back about it being wrong or, you know. Um, Yeah. And then now what you're going to have to do is get some customers. So I think the number one thing for me from what I've seen from people who are successful really at all on social media um, which is obviously where a lot of this business is going to come from is to take high quality pictures as much as you can I mean you don't need a big setup just take pictures in front of natural lighting have a cute background I just use my wood table for my background half the time <laughs> um, you can buy um, like sheets from what is it um, Home Depot that are fake wood floor things like that mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy expensive you can use a white poster board even and then just lay out your cookies kind of find other people that inspire you and mimic what they do um, have some little props on there maybe for Christmas stuff some ornaments some candies some ribbon um, things like that where it's not just here's my cookie this is how much it. yeah costs. you wanted to really like set the stage and the mood and all of that makes it more enticing And then on all of those pictures, you're also going to want to put your option number or letter. So it makes it a lot easier when you have various options to go through and be like, this is option A. And maybe if there's variations, put boy or girl Um, or customize your name or personalize it with your name, um, but option 123ABC. And then you're also going to put your prices on every photo because it's less likely that people will go back and ask you, how much is this one? How much is this mm-hmm. one? No matter how many times, people are still going to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, that's just less, qu- less questions that you're going to be getting. And then also put your watermark on your photo if you can. Um, I have the iWatermark app. It's very easy. It's pretty quick. It's one extra step you have to do. But um, if you're even remotely concerned that anybody might use your pictures, it's good to have it on there. And then you're going to go ahead and post your sale onto Instagram or Facebook if you have one. And you're going to put as much information as you can in the caption. So that's going to be your order form information, different ways that it can be customized, the prices, the flavors. Um, If you don't want to put your address for pickup location, say I'm in Southwest Bakersfield. So I usually try to mention that because if you're in Northeast Bakersfield, you are probably 40 minutes from
0: me. (laughs) Right, right.
1: Even just something like that. Or just put the city if you're in a small town or whatever. Um just something that kind of not everybody even knows where you're at. Maybe something pops up and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they were
0: from Bakersfield. In a small town I get a lot of people who message me and will will say, you know, okay, well where can I pick up the cookies? And so I send my address and they're like, oh, I didn't realize you lived in Wasco. I I actually get that a, a lot. It's very very frequent. Um, and you know, it's, it's frustrating for them and frustrating for me because now we have to figure out where to, um, where to meet. And, um, you know, I, I think adding, you know, where you're at in your caption of, of your, um, cell is a good, a good way to uh, eliminate that problem. Exactly.
1: Um, and then you're also going to go ahead and put, the pickup dates and times and when the pre-sale ends. Um, And it's important to put when it ends because it's not uncommon for people to wait until the end because they're waiting for payday or they're waiting to confirm with their husband Mm -hmm. that they're allowed to order (laughs) or something like that. So make sure you put exactly when the sale (laughs) ends as well. And then you're going to post your sale. I think what, the general rule for me is just to post around a meal time, and they're checking their phones. Um, so that's when you're most likely to get people to even see your post. And then you can share that post to your Instagram stories. And I know it feels redundant to do it. But for me, Insta stories get way more views than my actual posts. They just get more interaction. Um, and why not? It's just an extra spot to make sure that people are seeing your post. And you can reshare your post every like, hmm five to seven days or so and then you want to Mm -hmm. uh, share it again one more time the day before the pre-sale ends and let them know that like this is your last chance tomorrow's the last day if you haven't paid yet please pay your invoice if you would like to cancel uh, shoot me a message and let me know Um, and just kind of make sure that you give as many chances as possible for your customer base to even see your post you don't want to just post it once and rely on them seeing that one single post right you can talk about it in your Instagram stories and show as you're going as you're doing your samples uh, what you're doing so that by the time your pre-sale opens people kind of have an idea of what you're even going to have in the first place and that helps a lot too Mm -hmm. and then a good way to get more social medias locally is maybe to do a little giveaway I did this one time for a pop-up just for fun um where it was you know tag your friends and family your local friends and family and um one or you can do just them or them and the person they tagged will get you know five ten fifteen dollars off of their purchase when they come or when they order um and that that's a good easy way to just get people to tag their friends and their family that live in the area too that that's a good idea follow you Um, And ask your friends and your family to share the post if you're comfortable. And if you think they might be comfortable to be like, hey, uh, mom, mind sharing this so your coworkers see it or, you know, share it on your own social media. That's a good way to get your own friends and family. Not everybody maybe checks Instagram. And maybe that's for me, that's where a majority of my business comes from is Instagram. But not everybody in my real life has Instagram. And a lot of, you -hmm. know, uh, my aunts and uncles. My aunts and uncles and stuff, they don't like hop on every morning and check Instagram. (laughs) Uh, But maybe they they still Mm -hmm. want to order from me or it's people that message me all the time or comment on my stuff like, oh, man, I'd love to try your cookies. Um, So make sure that your own people in your real life also know that you're selling your cookies. And then, Mm -hmm. like I said, share it your own social media. Um, I had a couple of people ask about whether or not to pay for advertising or to pay to have your... Uh, your posts boosted on Instagram or Facebook. And I have only tried it a couple of times and honestly, I didn't really have a lot of luck. I feel like you have to pay a lot to get a big enough reach from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can do, I just know this from the couple times I did it. You can go through at least on Facebook and customize your audience. So you can go through and you can say um, only advertise to females that are between 22 and 55 that live in Bakersfield, maybe people that own that like the cake boss page or, you know, something like that. If you want to, if you Mm -hmm. aren't paying to reach a large audience, be even more specific to who you think might really like it. Or like we have a big, uh, a popular cupcake place here. So you can put on there like only, um advertise to the people who like the this cupcake shop page because it's a similar customer base or something like that. If you, if you do choose to do that, just try to be as specific as you can because odds are 60-year-old men aren't buying your product. They're not the ones ordering. Right. right? At least for, for cook years, it tends to just be all, all females
0: <laughs> Right. for the most
1: part. And then, like I was saying, try to have designs – that accommodate everybody and then also reinforce that make sure that you're saying like look this would be perfect for your kid's teacher this would be great for your grandma we have something for every age every person you know anybody in your life would like something that i'm offering Mm -hmm. make sure you you sell that idea because some people just think like oh i need to get my kids a cookie you know they might not be thinking that your neighbors their neighbors got them a box of chocolates last year maybe it might be nice to get their neighbors cookies this year or something Mm -hmm. it's a it's a pretty small treat to give someone to show appreciation. And sometimes people don't think of giving the gifts to certain people until you mention it. And they're like, Oh, you know what? My grandma would love these. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And then, like I said, just when you're doing your samples, try to share on social media, people want to watch you making what you're making and um, that alone, them seeing the process a lot of times makes them want them. They see how much work goes into it. And they, they see that it's truly handmade and made with love and a lot of detail and a lot of time. And it feels extra special to them to know that they saw you make that. And that part's always really cool too. Mm-hmm. So then now that we've got all of that covered, um, let's talk about the order form before we get to pickups. Um, a lot of questions were again about what to put on the order form to make sure that everything is covered and all of that. Um, like you said, you think it was Lydia that had this information, right?
0: Like exactly. What yeah. I'll was. have to double check with that. But I believe if I'm not mistaken, that's who I went to, um, whose website I went to where it had, um, the information on it.
1: Okay. So I'll just, but I'll, I'll double check. <laughs> I'll run through just a quick, I made a quick list of things that okay, are good awesome. to put on the order form and the same thing, if you have a website and not, um, like a Google form, if you have an actual website where people place their orders, um, same information all the time. So first and last name, their email address, and then make sure you put on there that that's where the invoice will be sent to, because some people will just put an email address because they feel like they have to, but maybe it's not the email address that they check often or that they have on their phone or, you know, sometimes people just put their, like, old one just to fill the the blank. So make sure you Mm -hmm. put on there that that, that's where the invoice is going to be sent to. Um, A phone number, and I only use this if say a customer ordered a pre for a pre-sale and then they never picked it up and I can shoot them a text and say, hello, this is, hello, Sarah, this is Ashley from Crumbs. I just wanted to reach out and let you know that your order was never picked up. Do you need to reschedule or, you know, make sure it's professional. Mm -hmm. You don't have to call them. I know a lot of people don't want to call, but you can just send it.
0: Should I just eat the cookies myself? Exactly.
1: That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the phone number it's, you're probably not going to need it, but it's a good backup because not everybody checks their emails that often. Um, right and that they get buried very quickly <laughs> um, so it's just a, just a good backup I would not text or call anybody to get them to pay for an order if they mm-hmm. if they want to pay it they're probably going to odds are if they haven't paid they they know that they haven't paid <laughs> um, right you don't to right. be bugging them um, but you know it's nice to have on hand just in case or if something goes wrong you know um, and then of course all of the options on there you're going to post um, the pictures if you can of what you're gonna have and like I said they'll have the the option letter or number on there and the price on there so it's easier for them um so they can go through and they can say I want four bunnies I want two blue and also put on there like I said a spot specifically for them to put the names with the matching genders and I always put a little example on there you can have a little um little italicized insert above or below the box and put Um, that it's the name and gender example, and then put Ashley parentheses, girl, uh, Julian parentheses, boy, Olivia parentheses, girl, so that it is as specific as possible. And if somebody, not everybody's going to follow that, but you can follow up with them and say, hey, just wanted to double check and make sure I have the right genders with the right colors or whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's teachers or something like that. Um, Yeah. And then just a spot for them to pick how many of each option, um and the customizations and then the pickup date time options so like I said I usually do two pickup date time options so just have them pick whichever one works best um and it's good idea to also have a little um a little box on there where if they have any questions that they can have that included on there so that's the spot where people tend to say hey um not sure if there's any chance to make this one chocolate but just thought I would ask or um, I can't pick yeah. up this day is there any chance I could pick up at 6 p.m. instead of 4 p.m. or something like that just somewhere that they if they do have an extra question all of that is together and then it's not them messaging you on Instagram and you have to go back and find their invoice and all of that it's just all together and you can follow up as soon as you receive that and then let them know the last day they have to pay before their order is canceled the terms and conditions like I talked about earlier and then make sure that you put a thank you on there. You can put it at the very top, you can put it at the bottom, but make sure that you're thanking them for, um, for supporting your business and eating your cookies (laughs) (laughs) and then pickups. Um, like I said, two to three days before the holiday, you're going to provide the location either on the order form or you can email them afterwards. Um, if you don't want to put it on the actual invoice spot, oh wait, no, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> rewind, rewind.
1: <laughs> um, so if you don't want to provide your pickup location on your social media like i said make sure that you're putting it on the invoice or if you're choosing not to do the paypal invoice make sure that you're emailing them contacting them some way to let them know exactly where to pick up what i do um my business is actually already on Google. So I don't have any concerns about putting my, my address on social media because people could literally Google crumbs and it'll come up with it. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I do is when I post any sales or pop-ups, I do the Instagram geo tag um, and I put on their crumbs custom cookies and and it it brings up the address where they can tap on and it'll take them to a map and stuff. Um, But if you don't want to do that, don't do that. That's perfectly fine. Not everybody um, is comfortable with that. And that's perfectly fine. I, Mm -hmm. I'm not particularly comfortable with it, but it's already on the internet. So (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then you're going to want to be safe when you do pick up. So I always try to make sure somebody is with me. I've had my husband's cousin come. I've had friends come. I've tried to, like I said, always try to plan around my husband's schedule so he can be here with me. Um, And part of that is just to watch the kids. I mean, we have little toddlers, so trying to do pickups or pop-ups or whatever it may be when you've got kids or podcast around, when you've got kids podcasts, <laughs> It becomes a lot and then it's hard to focus on the customer and you also need to focus on your safety so you don't want to be distracted you want it to be pretty cut and dry you know they come to your door and you know you you do the the handoff and all that stuff you don't want kids out there like running around in diapers and asking you who's here and what do they have and blah, blah, blah. and uh, Right. But the same thing goes for pets. You're going to want to get them out of the way. I usually put my dog in the bedroom. He doesn't like being outside. He'll just sit there and bark the whole time. Uh, <laughs> but I just, you know, put him away in the bedroom for that little bit of time. And
0: and some people are afraid of dogs too. Exactly.
1: So, and it also presents well for a, a baking business to not. Bake.
0: Right. Not to have and any. They have running grab grab
1: that same <laughs> house that they're baking these cookies <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, and then you're going to need a bag most likely for your customer's order. Not everybody orders multiple things, but if they do, it's nice to have a little handle bag that they can take it, take it home and not have to be like juggling a ton of stuff. It depends on how mm-hmm. big the packages are. If they have things that are in a box, um, if they have a couple of box sets, not a big deal. They can carry that with two hands, but it, it can get tricky. So I like to go ahead and group up people's orders so that when they come, I... I have a bag maybe on top of the boxes and I hand them that little stacker. Or...
0: Yeah, I I learned with with doing a pop-up with you. I learned that yeah. in my lesson yeah. because I did not bring bags. Yeah. And I was like, good luck carrying out all those cookies. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yep. You're just going to go ahead and throw a business card in that bag too if you have one. Or if you have, um, like I said, a stamp. I use stamps for a lot of stuff. Um, you can stamp some information on there. Stamp your logo or your social media handle. Um, it doesn't have to be anything terribly fancy. I tend to go above and beyond, but... It, it's pretty simple. You're selling cookies. You just put them in the bag and put a put a business card on, in there. Um, and then you want to have a presentable pickup spot. So if that's your home and it's, you know, people come to your door, you know, you don't have to really, really clean everything. People don't expect it to be perfect. But dust off the cobwebs like where we live we get a lot of dust um, especially because mm-hmm. construction we're on the edge of town so we have a black table out front which for the record is a terrible idea because it always looks dirty <laughs> but every time I have someone come and do pickups I make sure that I dust that off try and knock down some cobwebs and um, maybe have a sign out front on your door or I have like a little chalkboard sign that has that just says crumbs on it put it by your front door so when people get there they they know they're at the right spot and they're it makes the whole situation a little less awkward when they know they're in the right spot.
0: Right. Yeah, I've had uh, where I live. There's a house behind me that has the same address but a different street name, and for whatever reason, people still continue to go to that one by accident. And the girl tells me she's like, "Luckily, I know you make cookies, so I just send them your." <laughs> but it is nice if you had something, you know, outside that they could just drive by. Yeah, exactly. And and see it. <laughs> exactly. And then.
1: This is just one random thing that I do. I do this for pop-ups as well. I usually light a candle. If it's for pickup, I just do it near the entrance. I light a candle and I put on some music. So it's a calmer environment. Like I said, you can focus on your customer and the conversations you're going to have and the handoff and your safety and all of that. Um, and you don't have the TV going in the background, but it's also not dead silent. <laughs> um, so- See, so
0: thoughtful. You're Christmas so you're so thoughtful with the all the stuff
1: that you do. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, music makes me less nervous. Um, and obviously be mindful of your music choices. I usually do either country music <laughs> or, or Christmas music if it's the holidays, but, you know, probably- No Led Zeppelin yeah, playing yeah, in the background. Yeah. Unless that's your audience and that's your customer right. then then sure, why not? <laughs> so <laughs> obviously there was a lot of information here, a lot of timelines, a lot of all of that stuff. But I went ahead and I just wrote down like the timeline, the schedule breakdown, basically of what you do from start to finish and when you do it. So I'm just going to go ahead and go over that really fast. And then did you want to go through some listener questions together?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: So quick breakdown since I already went through all of this in depth. Um, from start to finish. The first thing you're going to do is decide whether or not you're even ready, whether you're going to do the pop-up or the pre-sale, and whether you have time for that, finalize the dates. Then you're going to narrow down your designs, order your cutters, order your packaging, and then make your samples, take your pictures, edit them to make sure they have the prices and the option numbers and all that stuff. Um, Another thing for the pictures that I didn't mention earlier, try to have them go the same direction. So all horizontal, all vertical, or all square. Um, That alone makes it uh, more professional, and it also makes it easier if you're going to make a collage to put them all together. Um, and if you take the pictures all in the same time frame, then you should have the same lighting for all of them, which will help a lot too and make everything cohesive. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're going to make your form or the listing on your website if you've got one, um, and then add that link to your Instagram bio, your Facebook, your website um, if you have one, or a lot of people have link trees where. Um, it's a website that takes you or it's a website that has all of your links on one. So like you click on that and then it'll have all of the links on that page for your website, your cutter shop, for instance, your, um, pre-sales, your, you know, your form, whatever it is. Um, and that's an option as well. Share it on your stories, share it on your personal social media, all that stuff. And then you want, as soon as you start getting those orders, you want to start, sending out the invoices and keep it super organized. So what I've done in the past is a spreadsheet. It's not a ton of options. So it's actually pretty straightforward. So what I do is the customer names going down and then across the top, you're going to include the each order option. So you can just do A, B, C and then C boy or girl or D and then have a little spot next to it for the customization of what name they want written on it or whatever. And then which pickup option they want the amount due a little checkbox for what when they pay and then a little checkbox for when they picked up and then the reason that's so convenient is because then you can go through and say okay look at the line for option a and you're going to go through and you're going to say okay 17 people uh, picked this one and maybe it's a set of many so i'm going to do each of these times 17 and then figure Mm -hmm. that out and it's it's significantly easier than going through and trying to like Add it all up manually and shift through a bunch of papers and double check your messages and all of that. Um, but it's also nice because you can go through when your presale ends and be like, "Oh shoot, look at these people that didn't pay. Let me just mark them off." And then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you're not bouncing all over the place and trying to remember whether or not that person messaged you to say they'll pay later. Or, you know, it, it's all together right. in one spot. It doesn't take that long at all, um, and you will thank yourself. I promise. Um, and always make extras, <laughs> by the way. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. Always make extras of oh, everything. Yeah, I don't
0: know, but that's a good, a good good point.
1: Exactly. Because you do,
0: you always get somebody who shows up like, hey, I ordered three, but I have four kids. <laughs> exactly.
1: Or they're like, oh, I thought my husband paid.
0: <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> Um, And then you're going to continue to share that post occasionally up until the day before the pre-sale ends. Um, During all of this time, you can start prepping packaging. So if you realize that a ton of people are ordering one specific thing, start stamping those boxes and building the boxes and making the the bows and stuff like that. Getting shredded stuff and just tuck it away in like a closet. Um, Get ahead on that because the packaging takes a long time. And after an entire week of decorating, you're going to be so thankful that you did it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Print those tags, cut them out, all of that stuff. Um, and then the day before it ends, like I said, let them know tomorrow's the last day. Um, I'd hate for you to miss out if you were interested, make sure that you submit it soon, you know, um, and then you're going to go through once it's over, mark off anybody that hasn't paid, add it up, double check all your supplies, and you're going to figure out how many ingredients you need. So you know what to shop for. So when it comes to baking and decorating, a lot of people had asked me whether or not you should bake ahead of time, and I think that's completely up to you. If you think that you might not get them all done in time and you're comfortable freezing your cookies, go for it. The only thing I would say is maybe bake them and freeze them. Don't decorate them and freeze them because then there's Mm -hmm. so many variables about whether or not that can get messed up, but as long as you're... You're baking them, freezing them, and then pulling them out. Maybe don't freeze them, like, for too terribly long. I've done a week ahead, and that's it. Um, and that was all the the options that were ordered for a pre-sale, the, the bunny cookies. All of those I baked ahead and froze because I also did a pop-up. So it took me, like, two days to decorate all of those, and then all the extra time I put towards the pop-up. Um, so it's not that you can't. It's just up to you. Um, I personally try to avoid it. Uh, but sometimes you just feel overwhelmed or maybe something comes up, your kid gets sick and, um, or something comes, you know, life happens and that week mm-hmm. gets a little busier than you think. Feel free to, to bake ahead. It's, it's not wrong to do it as long as you're comfortable doing
0: it. Now, just briefly, how do you freeze I And this will be, this will need to be a topic for like a whole nother podcast. Cause yeah. a lot of people, that's another common question that you get with like the cookie boards on, on Facebook. And yeah, stuff.
1: exactly. So what I do is, um, obviously bake them. <laughs> um, and then once once they're completely cooled, I don't stack them or anything until they're completely cooled because mine tend to have the bottom stick to the top of the one mm-hmm. below it. Um, so go ahead and let them cool as much as you can. And then uh, same thing as I'm sure most people, you layer wax paper. I don't do parchment because it's more expensive, <laughs> um, but I just layer the the wax paper between all the layers and put it in an air- airtight container. We happen to have an extra um, old fridge freezer out in the garage and that's where I put those. And once it's full, then I can't, can't do any more, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just, I have some old containers that are pretty big. They're thick, sturdy ones that when I used to work at Starbucks, actually, um, they were getting rid of them and I snagged them up because I was not (laughs) letting those go in the trash. And I'm so glad I didn't because they're so useful for me, but, um, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It just needs to be a container that is freezer safe or nice Mm -hmm. and thick. Um, And some people I know freeze their dough and make it ahead of time. I don't, and I never have um, Mm -hmm. as far as like prep wise. I I freeze my dough for a little bit before I cut the shapes out, but I've never actually prepped all my dough and frozen it ahead of time. Um, So I don't really have any advice on that
0: one. Yeah. Whenever I first started making uh, cookie dough, when I first started making cookies, the recipe that I followed had you freeze the dough first, and then it had to thaw. It. It's such a pain. Yeah, such a pain to do. So, and yeah, I don't, I don't, don't freeze mine either.
1: To pull it out to bake it and all of that. So, right. Yeah.
0: Nope. Right. Now, how happen. do you, how do you go about thawing them once well, you've
1: baked your cookies? I just pull them out, and leave them out for a few hours.
0: Do you open the container or leave, keep it closed?
1: I don't. Um, I don't know that I ever have opened it, but I just. I don't know. I just keep them in there, let them thaw. But like I said, these are undecorated. So mm-hmm. you don't have as much of a concern for the moisture like you do with maybe cookies that were airbrushed or whatever it may be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just pull them out, leave them on the counter and then eat some food, go to target. <laughs> <laughs> Hours later you come home. <laughs> yeah. Force myself. No. Um, yeah. So that's all I do. I, I typically, my, my personal schedule for the week before a pop-up would be, um to deck or to bake all in one day if I can. I mean it depends. This last time I didn't, but typically I would bake all in one day and um decor- I decorate pretty quickly. So I decorate over the course of like mm, usually three days or so. Um and I just do it as quickly as I can, pretty much nonstop. Um but what I did this last time is a week before the Halloween pop-up. I baked all of the signature flavor cookies and I decorated all of those. And then it had, it was like maybe three days worth of that. And then like the last two days. So I had baked the chocolate ones next and then I decorated those. And then that, that last day before the pop-up was for packaging and, you know, all of that stuff, getting everything all ready Mm -hmm. for the actual pop-up. And it, I mean, obviously it's different because it's a pop-up, but same concept. I, I take about a week and just kind of do it as fast as I can I guess mm-hmm.
0: pre-sales and we'll, we'll talk more about pop-ups yeah um, in our part two for this. yeah
1: I think pre-sales are tricky because it depends everybody gets a different amount of orders so that's gonna mm-hmm. just determine whether or not you need more or less time and that's something you're going to figure out and maybe the first pre-sale or two that you do you realize that it was more than you should have taken, and you end up staying up late. <laughs> um, <but> That's me.
0: <laughs> like, um, and you learn. You you move on. You chalk everything up to a you know an experience, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, my door just opened. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't Know if it was a, a,
1: a husband or a child
0: or a ghost <laughs> or a ghost. Really <laughs> I've been listening to in. a lot of murder <laughs> podcasts.
1: <Right? laughs> um, but. The The less designs you do, the more quickly that you can decorate them because it's more streamlined. Um, and like I said, the less colors you do, the more quickly that you can do them. So um, you kind of, you just kind of figure it out, I guess. I, I, I would say a week before it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as your cookies are dry the next day, just package them up right away. Um, Even Mm -hmm. if it's just doing the cellophane bag part and then you do the rest later, Um, like, you know, putting them into their little buckets and containers and boxes and all that stuff. But I tend to work like one design at a time, um, get them knocked out pretty quickly. And then that next morning when they're all dry, then I package them up and get them out of the way so I have my kitchen back. Yeah. And then, so obviously that's the week before um, for the whole baking and decorating schedule. And then the day before the pickup, you're going to post on social media. So the day before your pickup, you're going to post on social media. Post a pickup reminder um, to let everyone know. And this I would just do maybe on your your Instagram stories um, if you have a lot of people who maybe haven't paid yet. Or I'm sorry, wait, wait, what? I'm delusional. (laughs) Start (laughs) over.
0: (laughs) And. (laughs) (laughs) scene <laughs> <laughs> i'm not good at this <laughs> no we're almost at the end you've done great <laughs> we can
1: do it wait hold on i want to go back to the baking and decorating really fast okay just one quick little thing and then we'll just start back onto the next thing um okay. so for the baking and decorating like we talked about earlier you always want to make extras not only for the reason that maybe somebody will you know have miscounted or whatever it may be um, but also cause you're going to mess up some, it's just going to
0: happen mm-hmm.
1: no matter what, it always happens. Um, and you're going to want to make a decent amount extra. Another thing I would do is make sure that you're testing every batch that you bake. Just take a bite and give the rest to your kid or something. Um, but make sure that your cookies are right. You would hate to mm-hmm. make like finish completely decorating, you know, 60 of something, and then realize that you forgot some ingredient or that something is weird about them um so that's just a random little tip there to save you a headache just in case um and then the day before your pickup you want to post on social media and remind people that tomorrow is the first day of pickups if they chose that date um to make sure that they're there if they need to switch it to the next day to just let you know um just as a reminder because you know time flies especially the week before a holiday um and just gives you an extra chance to make sure that you don't have a ton of extras where people didn't come and pick them up. And then the day of the pickup, or at least the first one, like I said, clean the patio, put on the candle, music, hide the kids, hide the dogs. Hide the wife. Oh, <laughs> and then um, it's the wrong, it's the wrong uh, scenario. Sorry. <laughs> right. And then one thing that I do, we do have a ring doorbell camera, um, but I also have a camera inside of my home and I like to put that facing the front door from the inside whenever I do anything like this, pop-ups or pickups, and make sure that that is within view of the camera. Um, It's just an extra level of security. It's not a big deal, but if you happen to have cameras, um, make sure that they're working. (laughs) Make sure they're they're pointing in the right spot or, you know, have that extra little step. Um, And then after the pickup time ends, um, if you haven't already, you're going to go ahead and package the rest. I personally package all of them ahead of time. Because without fail, somebody will come the first day, even though they chose the second day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if by chance you haven't had, a time, had time and you're, like, really scrambling um, and you didn't get them all packaged, then package the rest that next day or that, next, that evening and make sure that they're ready for the next day. Um, and you're going to, again, post on social media, say, tomorrow is the, the second day of pickups. If you chose that day, let me know. Um, or if you chose that day, come on by if it doesn't work for you. Let me know. And then the day after your pop-up, make sure that you thank your customers on social media. Um, I do mm-hmm. this after every pop-up and all of that stuff, pre-sale, and let them know that, you know, you appreciate it and that you're so thankful and, you know, all, all of that good stuff. Make sure that your customers know that, that you appreciate it.
0: Right, because at the end of the day, they're the ones that, that we are doing the, that we are doing this for. Like, if they weren't buying things, there would be no reason to make the cookies. Exactly. <laughs> so we do. We do appreciate our customers.
1: Exactly. And then, like I said, some people will forget to pick up. If you happen to have some no-shows, shoot them that text and let them know, like, hey, sorry, no, things are busy this week. But um, we had the pickup, and um, your order is still here. Just wanted to see when you can come by and get it. Um, and it's easy as that. I don't think I've ever had anybody not ever pick up, but there's usually someone that forgot to pick up or that thought that their husband was picking up and, you know, something like that or something came up and it was a crazy day for them. And then it slipped
0: their mind. It just, it happens. And emergencies happen too.
1: Yeah. It happens every single time for me.
0: Um, So that's it ton of that was amazing that was seriously amazing I learned a lot I know a lot of people are going to learn a lot and not to like throw you on the spot right now or anything but I I did mention to Ashley earlier for those of you listening that I feel like she should write a little ebook thing so that everybody (laughs) can can get this knowledge Yeah. (laughs) because she really is she really is super organized very very thorough okay so I went ahead and I asked on my Instagram um,
1: what questions the people who followed me had about doing the pre-sales specifically. Um, The first question I got was, how do I know how many orders I can take? Like how much, you know, how do you know how much you have time for and when to do Mm -hmm. a cutoff? Um, For me, when I first started, what I did was um, I doubled the amount of money that I made in a typical week doing decorated cookies as sets. um, And then I put that as my limit. So for instance, if you make $250 $250 a week, typically on orders or whatever that number is, double it, and that should be your limit. And I know that seems crazy because it's twice as much as it would be, um, but these are costing more for each individual cookie, and that's also including the cost of packaging. So I think that's a good place to start. But again, like I said, if you're concerned with anything, um, start small, and you can always do bigger sales later, um, and you don't want to stress yourself out too much. So you can have a small pop-up or a small presale, and then just build on that later um the other question was what designs sell best so we've talked about keeping it fairly simple or keeping the color scheme simple and some of the designs that you should include. I also would suggest to throw in paint-your-own-cookies. They're (laughs) always popular, always, always. Um, If you can have one that's fairly gender-neutral, then you only have to do one style. Or if you want to have a boy and a girl one, that's perfectly fine, too. Um, They're very easy to knock out, especially if you buy, like, paint palettes from, Mm -hmm. was it Creative Cookier? Yes. Or Mm -hmm. Cookie Countess? Uh, I
0: think it's Cookie (laughs) Countess.
1: Yes, I always get them confused. Uh, cookie Counties has <laughs> those palettes, so all you have to do is make just the cookie, flood it white, and do the, the paint-your-own-scrape. So those are very fast, always a good seller. Um, mm-hmm. Just make sure that you have the paint brushes and a tag for it with the directions. Um, and then for me, I know cute designs always sell better than literal designs. Mm-hmm. So we talked earlier about doing, like, cute designs versus, um, like, traditional designs. That's different than literal designs, if that makes sense. So traditional would be like happy holidays with a snowflake and the literal design would be like like a brick fireplace with realistic texture and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. for me, like the super cutesy, you guys know the style, all that stuff always sells,
0: sells really well. Stuff that looks like clip art. Right. Um,
1: and then I so think a lot of
0: times people, it's, it feels like people like to buy for kids exactly if you gear you know a good amount towards kids that you know that's what people from in my experience and this is just this is just me but i uh-huh. feel like a lot of people are more inclined to buy for their kid when it comes to their kids uh-huh. depending on the holiday of course now exactly. um if it's like teacher appreciation of course it's not gonna be the same thing yeah but exactly. uh, but um valentine's day even so you know you get some couples ones but even that i felt when i did my pre-sale i got a lot of. Um,
1: yeah. Could still mostly kids. For kids, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing um, I'll just throw this in here because it fits with this. If you are, happen to be doing um, like a pop-up at a, um, like a farmer's market or a craft fair or something like that um, emojis and like anything that's trendy always sells well. So if nothing else, and you're kind of like stuck on designs, you could do something that's already trendy and just make it fit that holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always a good idea for for anything, um, for pop-ups or pre-sales or anything like that is take something that's already trendy and just make it a holiday version. Right. Uh, Yeah. Or things that,
0: that are typically like seem to stay on trend, like unicorns, I feel like are always trendy.
1: Unicorns and dinosaurs and, Mm -hmm. um, someone had asked specifically what to do with leftover packaging. Should they keep it or return it? And I thought this was a good question because, um, there's always something left over it seems like Mm -hmm. there's always even if it's something even if it's a a pop-up and you like changed your mind about some packaging you have like these random things that what are they going to sit in your closet until next christmas (laughs) um what i would do if you can obviously keep your receipt check the return policy i would just return it or try to sell it um elsewhere Uh, the main reason for that is because odds are you're going to have mostly the same customer base next year for the same holiday and you want to have different designs and different packaging and offer them something different every year so if you can return it not a bad idea yeah
0: or you could just be a hoarder like me and just yeah exactly
1: there's always odds and ends where it's like well I only have two of these but maybe I can give that to like my friends or family with that
0: right right and that's what I was gonna say you can you know you always have um you know a family member or a teacher or you know somebody who needs you need a, a little gift for yeah. And, uh, you may not have, you may have like three leftover of whatever you had made, um, three of those boxes or buckets or whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't want to necessarily use what you're using for that year. But if you have that, that surplus from the year before, you can just always pull from there.
1: Exactly. Or repurpose it for anything else. Put like a small Christmas gift in it that you're giving yeah. to someone else that's not a cookie. Yeah. And that's always fine too. Um, someone asked, actually a lot of people ask this, how do I know if my business is ready for a presale? sale um, I think you're always ready for a pre-sale as long as you are comfortable with taking pictures that are presentable. Um, like I said, they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to look super professional. But as good as you can get um, will help you a lot. And the good thing about presales is if only six people order then you know what that you have some things to switch for next time um but you're not committed to anything you're not missing out on anything maybe you didn't take custom orders that week and you might be missing out on money that way but all you have to do is try right there's really no way to fail and we've gone over all of the like advertising and how to get people to know about it um and if you try and maybe there's not a huge demand and you've done everything you can that you you think that that you could have possibly done um, there is a chance that maybe you're just um, not at the level that people are willing to pay what you're charging. And if you're not willing to lower your prices just work on your skill for, you know, a couple months, try to take your time, switch things up a little bit, maybe switch your style up um, and then try again. Yeah. Like- Um, And then the very last question was, what do I do when a customer actually comes to pick up the cookies? And for me, it's different with every customer. Some customers, you can tell they're uncomfortable. Uh, They, you know, come up to the door and they're like, I'm not sure if I'm in the right place and, you know, just greet them with a smile. For me, they usually know my face. So once I open the door, they know. Um, But sometimes it's someone that's like picking up for their sister or something. Just, you know, be polite, have a, ask them the name on the order, grab it, have them n- n- nearby so you're not, like, leaving them at the door. Um, do the handoff. A lot of people will make small talk for a little bit. Just, you know, have a little conversation if they want, and if they don't, it's pretty It's pretty simple. Just tell them thank you. Like I said, yeah. music helps make it less uncomfortable. Um, yeah, if, some interactions are quick and easy, and some people will sit there and talk to you for 10 minutes. <laughs> but... I think that's about it on my end
0: awesome well thank you so much Ashley for everything Ah. seriously it was super informative and fantastic and a (laughs) lot of fun
1: (laughs) sorry if I rambled a bit I tried to just make
0: sure that I covered
1: every single thing because when I did ask that or have that poll on my Instagram stories I got such a wide range of questions from people who had almost no idea what a pre-sale even was or like how to even start And then there were people who've done pre-sales and maybe weren't as successful and they want to know how to make it better. So I wanted to go through and really break it down every single thing I could think of. And, um, like you'd mentioned, maybe I I'll post it online, um, all of this and add on anything that I think of, or if I hear more feedback or get more questions. Um, but yeah, just a lot of information, but a lot. right. (laughs) But super
0: helpful. I think you're, I think you've really helped a lot of people or you're going to help a lot of people. Um, also, we will be doing a part two for this, um, yes. more focused on pop-ups, which I think a lot of people have a lot of questions about pop-ups. It's, it's kind of a more, I feel like it's a newer kind of thing Yes. Um, in the past just couple years that's gained popularity, but there's so many people that want to try it out and they're just afraid to. And I, exactly. I get it. I get it. Yeah, there's more
1: risk with them. Right. But...
0: I had uh, my first pop-up I ever did was with a friend of mine and she made um, other goodies, and I just strictly did cookies, and it was not successful. I had so many cookies left over, and there were a lot of things that we did wrong, and um, I know better now, and I think having, you know, having you talk about this, about pop-ups and stuff, um, will help out with people who are in situations like I was, where I just didn't know better.
1: Exactly. Well, and there's a lot that goes into pop-ups that don't go into pre-sales. You have to have your customer pay in front of you. You have to have the all different packaging for them to take stuff home. You have to have a, a good location and it's just, you have to have decoration. Whereas if it's a, a pre-sale people just, you hand them the bag. You don't have to have a whole setup table and all of that. So there's a lot more that goes into pop-ups and there's even more that I think people maybe would never even consider. So I've done enough that I think I have all of the information you could ever need, um, hopefully. And I'm excited to share some of that.
0: Right. Well, having done a pop-up with you, I can speak for experience that. (laughs) I think you have it nailed down. (laughs) Well, thank you.
1: (laughs) Lots of uh, lessons learned.
0: Okay. So before we go, I do have um, a message that somebody sent me um, with a question. And I did say that I would ask Ashley to help me out with an answer. So I'm going to pull it up right now. All right. Um, This is from Brittany McLeod, and she asked me, she says, Hi, I wanted to ask my pop-up question here. Uh, I'm donating my cookies and time to a breast cancer fundraiser next month. I want to do it for the exposure and also for a great cause. I wanted to know if more of my designs should be breast cancer related. I wanted to do some Christmas-themed ones as well. Just not sure what the typical protocol would be. Thanks. Looking forward to your podcast. So what do you think, Ashley? Hmm. Um, with it being in December,
1: I think it would depend on whether or not it's specifically like a wintry, Christmassy themed event or if it just falls in that category because it's in that month. Um, if it does happen to be themed and you really want to do something that is um, like wintry, what I would do maybe is um, maybe 50-50 do some pink breast cancer ribbons, but then also do something else pink to tie in. So maybe just do snowflake cookies, but have the background be pink and have the snowflakes be white with um, like the chunky sugar on it or glitter or something like that. Um, But just have something wintry that's also pink. I would for sure stay with the pink theme with it being the breast
0: cancer event. Such a good idea. Thank yeah. you so much for that, Ashley. And I told you guys in the first podcast, I do want funny or crazy customer stories or just cookie or stories. So LW Sweets sent me this. And if you guys know me, I um I am a bit conservative, I guess you would say. Is that how you'd say it? Um, and yeah. this is about bachelorette cookies so I'm gonna (laughs) censor this a little bit because I don't know who listens to my podcast and I do try to keep in mind that there might be little ears around yeah uh it says my funny not at the moment it wasn't uh I guess what she meant to put after that was stories I made 20 bachelorette cookies they were big cookies probably (laughs) eight inches my dog jumped up and pulled the trays down and ate 18 of them (laughs) thankfully i made them early enough to make more but i was devastated for multiple reasons also the disappearing butter same dog again
1: (laughs) oh my god paper
0: and all we have now turned our office into a cookie room and put up baby gates so silver lining i got a cookie room (laughs) totally totally blocked off from dogs kids and husband lol explain that to your husband (laughs) hey our dog might be feeling
1: sick because he ate these
0: (laughs) Yeah, eight, 18, 8-inch eight cookies. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Uh, <laughs> but I've anyway, heard, yeah, thanks. I've never had my dog eat a cookie, thankfully. He's not. Interested. I, You know, I haven't had my dog eat one on her own because I have a gate that separates my um, kitchen, dining room, and my living room. And <laughs> But my daughter, before, before I had this gate, my daughter, when she was a little bit young, a couple years ago, she... She doesn't even like my cookies. She won't eat them. Molly doesn't like doesn't like the cookies, but <laughs> she likes to touch them. She likes to stack them. So I have this gate now, um, problem eliminated. But at the time when I was first starting out, she went into my kitchen and she grabbed a bunch of cookies that were drying, and went and gave them to the dog. So mm-hmm. I know the pain.
1: <laughs> I've had Julian <laughs> grab a cookie before. He he poked it, um, mm-hmm. but. That, that's about it. I try to make sure that I'm only decorating when they're – Thankfully, I have like a, a laundry room that's right next to my kitchen. So I can pull out my rack, decorate cookies while they're sleeping or, you know, nap time or bedtime or when only my daughter is awake and I don't have to worry about her. And then I just shove it away in the laundry room and then pull it out the next day when I need to. So don't usually mm-hmm. have concerns with that. But wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it happens someday.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it, It's bound to happen by some. Guys for listening all the way to the end. That was such an informative podcast. Ashley does a great job and she's so knowledgeable. I can't wait for our next episode where she t- continues to talk about pop-ups. After that, my next guest will be Cassie from Cassie's Cookies. We're going to be discussing cookie retreats and cookie con, so you're not going to want to miss that one either. A lot of fun things coming up, guys. A lot of fun stuff for you. And don't forget... Send me those funny or crazy customer or just cookie related stories. I want to share your stories, guys. You can reach me on my Instagram, Behind the Icing Podcast, or you can send me an email, behindtheicing at gmail.com. All right, thanks for listening. Bye.